Hey, welcome everybody. Here we are. It is Sunday, four o'clock on the West Coast of the United States, seven o'clock on the East Coast. And we want to welcome you wherever you are watching in this world. And as usual, there's a lot to talk about. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 10 for this message this time. And we're going to be looking at angels, demons, and the globalists. But before we do that, I want to let you know we have a prophecy conference that is coming up here shortly, Sunday, November 8th, beginning at 8.30 in the morning at the 412 Church in San Jacinto, California. It's going to be a terrific prophecy conference. Don Stewart will be speaking, James Cadiz, myself, Andy Woods. Andy will be virtual. Flying in from Israel will be David Tal. And we'll let you know if we're going to be adding anybody else to it. But it's going to be a one-day event, one day only, Southern California. You can go to my website at hopeforourtimes.com. Click on events, and uh, you'll be all dialed in. But let's you and I, uh, let's get going as we begin Angels, Demons, and Globalists from Daniel chapter 10 with a little bit of news from the last few days. Oh, by the way, I'm also on hischannel.com now on Thursdays with Don Stewart doing a world news briefing. And uh, I encourage you to uh, tune into that program along with the many YouTubes and podcasts that I have uh, throughout the week. But let's get going with some of the news. Palestinians accuse Gulf visitors of desecrating the Al-Aqsa Mosque. So what is that all about? There are the other Muslims that are coming from other parts of the world now that Israel is entering into these uh, this Abrahamic accords, uh, this... Uh, uh, not necessarily peace accords, but normalization agreements with these other territories, such as uh, the uh, uh, UAE, and now we're seeing other nations jumping in on that. But people are flying, even Muslims are flying, they're saying, look, the Palestinians are saying they're probably connected with not just the PA, but Hamas also stirring up more trouble, saying, look, you've entered into an agreement with Israel. You walk up on the Temple Mount, even as a Muslim, you're desecrating uh, the Temple Mount. Of course, they don't say the Temple Mount. Uh, they're, they call their whole area. I can't forget what, I can't remember what they call the entire area of uh, the Temple Mount. They have another name for it because they refuse to recognize it as being the place where the Temple was. But here they're saying, the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is on the Temple Mount. And uh, because you have an agreement with Israel, you have desecrated uh, the Al-Aqsa Mosque. And then there's this article. Beijing views U.S. consulates as hostile forces, orders monitoring of diplomats, uh, according to these leaked documents. Uh, listen, things are really heating up between the United States and China. Now they're saying hostile forces. They're using war terminology, battle terminology. And we're watching different things happen. Troops are being moved in various places. Uh, keep an eye on that, and we certainly will. And then there's this. Andrew Como targets Jewish community again, blaming them for viral spread in New York. This article was from yesterday. It's just a reminder of what's happened over the last week. A week ago last Friday, Governor Como, I don't care about your religion. You have to follow the rules of the state. 
says Como, and he specifically seems to be targeting Jews. Uh, there's some Catholic organizations and uh, the Haredi Jews that have filed these uh, complaints against Como uh, and uh, de Blasio, from what I've read also, uh, saying, look, you are, you're discriminating against the Jews. You're discriminating against religious organizations. However, uh, the Islamic organizations have not been discriminated against. So what is really going on here? Then, of course, we know in New York you can have riots and you can cause all kinds of problems. But apparently, um, if you're Jewish or Christian or Catholic, then you've got to follow these particular rules. At least that's the way I'm reading it. And then this was on Monday, mainstream, or excuse me, this is on, uh, I believe, Tuesday. Mainstream media portrays Jews as source of COVID. And then again, this article from just yesterday, Andrew Como targets Jewish community again, blaming them for the viral spread in New York. Listen. And no mention of the fact that over in New York they were sending COVID patients to the uh, uh, to convalescent care hospitals, causing a much bigger problem. They don't want to say that. They don't want to say they were part of the problem. Uh, but nevertheless, let's find somebody we can target. Let's target the Jews. Let's target the Christians. Interesting. We've heard that kind of talk before. And then there's this breaking news today. This is out of Gatestone. Hunter Biden's computer camera roll turned over to Bannon and Giuliani contains 25,000 images with sexually explicit selfies and porn. Okay, here's, here's a prediction I have. I believe Hunter Biden's going to be going to jail no matter who becomes president of the United States. That's my opinion. I base it on many of the different things that I've read, but there's just too much dirt there coming from all different angles. Nevertheless, we'll see how this plays out over the next few weeks, even as we look at our elections that are coming up. And then there's this. Israel, Bahrain signed peace statement in Manama or Manama. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. So we've been hearing about this UAE, now Bahrain, and then there's going to be other territories that are going to be entering into this agreement, these normal agreements uh, with uh, the nation of Israel. By the way, this is just going to put a lot more pressure on the Palestinian state over there, the Palestinian cause, because these other nations are blowing right by it. They've all... <clears throat> These other nations have the economy an enemy of Iran. Iran has been supporting Hamas and been supporting Hezbollah. And uh, listen, the Palestinians are going to end up being losers on the other end of this thing, and it's coming rather fast. Listen, I look at that, and it's very telling of the days in which we live. You look at all of these different agreements that are going on, or this, uh, this covenant that was with the, these many other nations. Listen, I look at Donald Trump, uh, President Trump, as being the person that God has put in in place to bring about these agreements amongst other things he has done also. Uh, not to mention uh, the uh, embassy being moved to Jerusalem and uh, Trump recognizing the Golan Heights as belonging to Israel. But I look at this covenant, the Abrahamic Accord, and these many nations that are entering into it. Listen, these things need to be in place before Antichrist comes into power because he is going to confirm the covenant with many. We've seen that in Daniel chapter 9. So these, this agreement has to be in place, and it looks like all these things are in place. Antichrist is, is uh, going to be here soon enough on the scene. I don't know when, don't know the day or the hour. All of these things are going to be going down, but man, things are certainly moving fast. And then there is this. Researchers at large 
Hadron Collider are confident, check this out, to make contact with parallel universe in days. I look at that and I think making contact with a parallel universe in days. Listen, we live in an interesting world. And then I think of the subject matter that we are going to be talking about tonight. Here again is the title of it, Angels, Demons, and Globalists from Daniel chapter 10. Is there really a, a parallel universe out there? Are there really demons and angels? And uh, what's the deal with the globalist and the globalist agenda? Listen, let's get going. Let's find out about this. I'm going to connect the dots for us. Daniel chapter 10. And man, let me tell you, we live in interesting days. So you ready? Let's roll. Daniel chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message, Belteshazzar, was his Babylonian name given to him when he was captured by Babylon and brought there. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks, 21 days. I ate no pleasant food, nor meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now, on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of Uphaz. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. Daniel is seen this incredible angel. Verse 7, And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them, so that they fled and they hid themselves. Man, all this stuff's going on. This, this, this incredible angel appears. They freak out. They can't see everything. Uh, they don't really know what's going on, but man, they are afraid and they run away. So Daniel's all by himself. Therefore I was left alone, verse 8, when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me. For my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. Let me stop here for just a second. I look at what we are being introduced to is the beginning of the last day's visions from Daniel chapter 10, 11, and 12. They're all going to unfold. Daniel is going to see all these different crazy things that are going on. And right now, he sees an angel. And then, in just a second, we're going to be introduced to demons, angels and demons, and the globalist power and the globalist agenda. And it's right here in Daniel chapter 10. Suddenly, verse 10, a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and, the pal and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Now listen to this. 
Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, check that out, withstood me 21 days. You hear that? So Daniel says, man, I'm fasting for 21 days. I'm seeking to understand the vision. Lord, tell me what's going on. I want to see, fill me in. This angel is dispatched to Daniel to fill him in on what's going on. Again, Daniel's been fasting for 21 days or three weeks. Here, this angel that's been dispatched to him has been held up for three weeks or 21 days with a war that is going on in the heavens. Wow. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Uh, this angel saying, listen, this, is, this was bad news. I was up there trying to fight, and I, and I was losing. The, the, the prince of Persia is beating me. Michael had to come to my rescue. In fact, it wasn't just one. There were other angelic beings that were helping the prince of Persia. So Michael had to help me. Who's Michael? We'll see that in a few minutes. Now I have come to you to make you understand, says this angel. I got past it. Michael got me past this war going on in heaven with angels and the demons. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. Now we get launched into... <clears throat> was coming in the last days. Folks, and I believe we're coming uh, to that place very, very soon. I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Daniel wrote this part here. Probably, we'll see it in just a second, around 535 B.C., uh, 535 years before Christ. This says, in the latter days, the vision refers to many days to come. I believe we are almost there. It's referring to the generation that's alive right now. I'm absolutely convinced. When he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face to the ground and became speechless. And suddenly, one having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me, and I have retained no strength. Daniel saw some radical things. We're going to find out in chapter 11 and 12. He didn't understand everything he saw, but they're revealed to us. He didn't understand it all. That's why he said, What I saw overwhelmed me. In fact, when we get to chapter 12, we find out that what he saw is specific specific to the nation of Israel and, and what is coming regarding uh, the time of Jacob's trouble. How can, uh, for how can this servant, my Lord, talk with you, my Lord, verse 17, as for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Then again, the one having the likeness of a man, the angel touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Don't be afraid. Peace to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak for you have strengthened me. Verse 20, last verse. Then he said, do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. 
what on earth is all this about? It's about this, the angels, the demons, and the globalists. So let's start to connect some dots with all of this. But remember this, the Bible tells us, Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul writing, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Folks, we forget it. We're in a very spiritual battle. We think our battle is just physical. It is not. And apparently there are angels and demons that are placed over countries. And listen, we are seeing what is playing out right now on this planet. Apparently there's a battle going on in the heavens. And Satan knows that his time is limited. And I believe that is why so many things are so stirred up. So notice here the first thing, Daniel meets an angel. That's pretty obvious. We've been talking about that. And we can set the time frame here also for when this took place. We know that Daniel is old. We also know this took place 72 years um, 72 years after Israel was taken captive. How do we know that? Uh, by Babylon. How do we know that? Because we know from Jeremiah's prophecies, and Daniel knew this also, that Israel would be captive for 70 years. Here, in the first year of King Cyrus' reign, he let the Jews go back to Jerusalem. So now we're in the third year of King Cyrus' reign. So we know 70 years they're in captivity. It's been two years since the Jews were set free to go back to Jerusalem. So we know that this takes place when Daniel is old. Israel was taken captive 72 years ago. We know realistically Daniel was probably in his 90s when this took place. So Daniel is old. Daniel also, what is he? B, he is mourning. Uh, he's mourning three full weeks. He tells us for 21 days, but why is he mourning? At this point, he is mourning over the state of the Jews in Israel. Uh, they've gone back to the land and some of them did not go back to the land. In fact, most of them didn't go back to the land. So he's mourning over two things. He's mourning that so few of the Jews returned from Babylon to go back to the land of Israel and to settle uh, Israel. But what happened is many of the Jews, most of the Jews didn't return back to the land of Israel, specifically to Jerusalem. They elected to stay in Babylon. They have been captive. Now you've got a few different generations that have been born since they were captive, and uh, they left God. They didn't engage with the things of God anymore. Remember, Daniel's a godly man. But as the generations were born, they weren't interested. Oh, my mom and dad, they used to talk about my grandma and grandpa. They used to talk about Jerusalem and going back there. Ah, that sounds boring. We don't want to go back to a place that's got a bunch of rocks and a temple and worship that God that they've been telling us about. They didn't want to go back. They engaged in the practices of the pagan religions and the sins of the Gentiles. In other words, they didn't want to return to Jerusalem because they liked the culture they were now living in and they liked their sin. Listen, I quoted from this article uh, a couple of weeks back. 
And this article stated this, only 2% of American millennials adhere to a biblical world view. This was a study that was done not too long ago. And according to the study, Americans' biblical worldview has been rapidly eroding, but eroding the fastest for millennials. Quoting, previous findings from the American Worldview Inventory 2020 show the rapid erosion of the biblical worldview in American culture, with only 6% of adults today possessing a biblical worldview. Wow, only 6% of adults. And then out of the category of adults, you take the millennials... And you find out it's only 2% of millennials have a biblical world view. Additionally, the survey found that millennials are most likely to exact revenge when wronged and are least enthusiastic about America. However, most millennials claim to be Christians, even though they have the least biblical world view, according to the survey. Additionally, millennials report they have the least respect for other people. You look at this, and then I look at what happened in the time of Daniel. Daniel's in mourning over what has happened. As the younger generation started growing up, they don't want to hear about that, that, uh, the temple anymore. They weren't interested in going back to Jerusalem. Eh, we're still Jewish, but we're not interested in that stuff. You look where we are today. 98% of millennials don't have a biblical worldview. Eh, grandma and grandpa used to talk about that stuff, but they have left it. They're not interested in those things. They may even claim to be Christians, but they don't even have a biblical worldview. Listen, 98% of the people don't have a biblical worldview. That, your worldview, how you view the world, affects every decision that you make. We have 90% that, that don't have a biblical worldview. Let me tell you, it is not a pretty future. And Daniel is looking at it as his time. They certainly don't have a biblical worldview. They don't want to go back to Jerusalem. They're not interested in that sort of thing. And uh, these guys are all old, uh, all that God stuff. We don't want to hear about it. Folks, I believe we're in a sense, as uh, just like where we are today. But I look at this, Daniel knowing all that was going on, he's a mourning and fasting and seeking God. Listen, folks, this is what we need to do. We have a place in America, we have two Americas that are developing right before our very eyes. In fact, they've been developing for a long time. But right now, uh, just a few weeks, we're going to be voting. And I can't encourage you enough to vote. And I'm going to say this, I'm going to tell you, vote for Trump. Here's why. He's pro-Israel and he's pro-life. And I look at this and I think I know what's coming on the other side. It is Marxism, it is socialism, and it is, listen, it's two Americas that we are voting on. And the, there's this whole agenda that's coming, this globalist agenda that's coming, it is against God, it is against all that is right, it is against America. And we would do really well to be mourning over our condition, especially our spiritual condition. Look at churches. So few churches are even meeting in America right now, even in places where states have very few restrictions on meeting, so few churches are even willing 
to meet. And you look at this and you go, what in the world is going on? I can look at the book of Daniel and I can see what in the world is going on. People have left God and they've left the teachings of the world. They claim to have a biblical worldview when they do not. We need to be mourning. We need to be fasting. We need to be praying for America. But mostly I, I look and think we need to be praying for the soul of America. We need to be praying for salvation. We need to be praying for a spiritual awakening. And listen, if you're part of a church, that's not meeting pray, pray for your church. Pray that the churches in America will reopen, the ones that aren't. Pray for your pastors to, to, to come to the reality of the spiritual dynamic that we are in right now in this world. Well, let's move on. Daniel's old. Daniel is mourning. See Daniel. What's he do? He sees an angel. We know that. It's pretty obvious. By the way, the, the description of the angel here is masculine. Uh, when This is real simple. When you see an angel in the Bible, it's always in the masculine form. Those little uh, angels, those cherub angels that people put around their Christmas trees and stuff like that, have them around their house. Not very biblical. Hey, if you have them, you have them. No big deal. But I'm just saying, the angels in the Bible, they are all, always masculine, and they are incredibly powerful. Let's move on to D. So Daniel's old. Daniel's in mourning. Daniel sees an angel. D, Daniel sees a great vision. According to verse 8, this, this vision is great, uh, means mighty, and uh, the word vision, uh, it comes from this Hebrew word which means looking glass. So he's looking through something, he's, it, 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 it implies he's looking at something that's a far way off. A looking glass, and he sees a great vision. The vision he sees unfolds in chapters 11 and 12 regarding, as I mentioned already, the last days, the tribulation period that is coming. Uh, but he also sees what's happening during the course of time. He's going to see, we'll see it when we get to chapter 11. He'll see, in the first part of chapter 11, you're, you're, we're going to see Alexander the Great and the Greek Empire, and then it's going to shift gears into the kingdom of Antichrist. So he sees this, this history of the Jewish people and and the nation of Israel. It's a great vision. Verse 1 tells us the message was true, but the appointed time was long. Daniel is going to get a vision of great events that are still a long way in the future for Israel. Again, verse 14, now I have come, the angel says to Daniel, to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. So you look at this and you go, okay, I'm starting to get it. It's a great vision about a great time. Uh, and it's a long ways off. Again, Daniel wrote this probably around 535 BC, somewhere right in there. 536 BC, writing the uh, chapters uh, 10, 11, and 12 that we have. So Daniel sees something that is still in the future to him. It's a long ways off. We get to chapter 12. We're going to find out when Daniel has questions about the vision where he doesn't understand, the angel is going to tell him, close the book. It's not, gonna, it's not for you to understand, Daniel. I know you want to know. But the, what the vision is for those who are living in the last days to understand. Let me tell you, we can look at things and we can understand some things that Daniel wanted to know we can get. But he's looking through a looking glass. He's looking through history. He's looking at what's going to happen to his Jewish people 
to the Jewish people throughout history, and he's warned, and then you get to the time of the end. So Daniel sees a vision that, in, that includes a long, great struggle, and has worked out exactly like this. Think of this regarding uh, kingdoms. Um, that persecuted the Jews. Before Daniel, there was Egypt and Pharaoh. Uh, there was Assyria. And then after Assyria, there's Babylon. That's when Daniel was taken captive. After Babylon comes uh, Antiochus, who comes out of the Greek empire. Uh, we're going to get there next time. And then you have the Romans who persecuted uh, the Jews. And then at 135, you have the Roman emperor Hadrian. And then at 613, you have the persecution of the Jews in Spain. A lot of people don't know about that one. But under the reign of Toledo III, children of mixed marriages in Spain were forcibly baptized and Jews were barred from holding office, uh, public office. The situation got progressively worse, and in 613, the Jews were ordered to convert to Christianity or face expulsion. And then in 1096, the bloody persecutions of the Jews at the beginning of the First Crusade. 1121, Jews were driven out of Flanders, now part of Belgium. 1130, the Jews of London had to pay compensation of 1 million marks for killing a six a sick man, and then you had the Spanish Inquisition, and you had uh, the time of Christopher Columbus, and then you have Hitler, and etc., and etc., etc. It goes on and on and on like this throughout the history of the Jews, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. What Daniel sees is a long, great struggle for the Jews and for Israel. And what Daniel sees is not only what happens on earth, but he sees a tremendous struggle that the people of Israel are going to have with satanic forces in the spiritual realm where angels and demons and the devil wage war. And this will continue right up until the tribulation period and then when Jesus comes back and casts the Antichrist and the false prophet into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. This is what Daniel is writing about. He's, he's got the visions, the history of the Jews, and then on into the future of the tribulation period. And again, when we get to chapter 11 and 12, which will be next. We're going to see a lot more of this and get the details that really help us to understand where we see Antichrist divide the land for gain. We're going to be introduced to Jordan in chapter 11. Listen, a lot of people think that everybody in the world goes along with plan of Antichrist and the globalists. No, they don't. We know that Egypt doesn't. We know that Jordan doesn't go along with it because we have this in Daniel chapter 11. We can read and go, wait a minute. They resist Antichrist. They don't, they're not buying into Antichrist. Christ game. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 19, we find out that Egypt turns to the Lord. Assyria turns to the Lord in the last day. So we look at these things and we go, okay, Shazlion. So Daniel's going to give us all of this history uh, or, 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 or history to us, all future to him. But he also launches us into the future of what I believe, folks, is coming very, very, very soon, the tribulation period. Second thing, in fact, we're almost done here, believe it or not. Be done in a few more minutes anyways. Daniel meets an angel, number one. Number two, Daniel learns about demons. Uh, he mentions the prince of Persia in verse 13. Uh, look at it again, verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. 
for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, I, I had some soda water before and some of it just wanted to burp up. Sorry about that. Let's move on. <laughs> Verse 20, and then he said, do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth indeed, the prince of Greece will come. He's going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who are these? These are fallen angels. These are demons. Real simple. A demon is a fallen angel. The Bible teaches it. But also, uh, you, you look, it, it, we need to understand that this is real. Again, the Apostle Paul. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. It, listen, this is exactly what he says. Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I know I read it earlier, but I read it again because we need to understand this. Our battle is not flesh and blood. It is against principalities and powers. This is why we need to be praying. This is why we need to be fasting. This is why we need to be mourning. We look at the state of America. We look at the state of the world. We can see this globalist agenda coming about. Consider this. In a response to the Pope, right? Well, let me read this to you. In fact, I, I may have touched on this recently, but on, on September 22, a French President Macron told the UN General Assembly that France wants a new era of globalization. He said we must together lay the foundations for a fairer, more balanced, more equitable, more sustainable globalization. The sustainability, is, they're talking about climate laws, they're talking about economy where everybody has the same pay. This is, this is talking about equal amounts of poverty with the few elite running it at the top. This is what the Pope has been calling for. This is what world leaders are calling for. This is what the President of the UN has been calling for. This is what the globalists want to do. This is what George Soros wants. This is what the globalists want to do. And what you see happening in America right now is a threat to the globalist system. Listen, if America is strong, it's a problem. The globalist agenda won't happen. Satan knows that. Listen, uh, other countries know that. They know as America goes, the world goes. So they want a strong America. You, you, you look at this, except for those who are globalists. They want a weak America. Uh, they think it's humanism that's going to save the day. No, it's not going to. I know everything is going that way because I know the tribulation period is coming. I know there's a globalist kingdom. I know there's an antichrist that's going to be there. I know there's 10 kings or 10 elites who are ruling, who give their power and authority to the beast, the Antichrist. I know there's a time coming when no one will be able to buy or sell unless those receive the mark of the beast. But all of this is a warning. Those things are coming. And when we read things like this, it needs to have our, we need to have our, our minds ready and sharp to realize, oh no, we need to be proclaiming Christ. So here it is, French President Macron, like so many of the other globalists, are saying we need globalization, a sustainable globalization. The Pope has been proclaiming this for years, ever since he became uh, the, the current Pope. Ever since he has put into place, he's been saying these things. But listen to this, talking about angels and demons and globalists. 
On September 23rd, Roman Catholic Archbishop Carlo Vignano offered a letter to the National Catholic Prayer Breakfast that said the outcome of the presidential elections in November will be decisive not only for the United States of America, but for the whole world. He is right. This Archbishop, Catholic, pushed back against the Pope. There are many who are Catholic that are out there saying, this Pope's got a problem. At the same time, there's many that are Protestants that are out there saying, hey, this Pope is right on. We need this globalist stuff going on. What in the world is going on? I'm thankful for this Archbishop. He, he went on and said, or the Archbishop believes the election is a war between American citizens and the demonic forces, get this, of the deep state and against the new world order. Did you get that? The demonic forces of the deep state. So what do we see here? Angels and demons and the globalist agenda. Daniel sees all these things. We're seeing these things. So what in the world is really going on? Listen, a demon is a fallen angel. Revelation chapter 12 verse 4 teaches us that Satan, let me see, excuse me, Satan's tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. What's that about? Exactly what it says. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, Jesus said, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So we have this. And then we also read here in Daniel chapter 10 that Michael is the protector of Israel. In fact, when you look over at Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, at that time, talking about the time of the end, that Daniel, remember, Daniel's vision covers chapter 10, 11, and 12. At that time, Michael will stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. So Daniel's projecting into the future, but he sees, and we get the, uh, the understanding, Michael, the archangel, is the protector of the nation of Israel, but... Persia, a.k.a. Iran, has its own demonic force over it. And you go, wow, Greece, according to the Bible, has a demonic being that's over it. And you start looking at these things and going, wow, this is unbelievable. And then when you start to look what's happening with the globalist agenda, listen, I can tell you what's happening. It is, it's a spiritual battle. I know that because the Bible says it. But Satan is working through his, not just his demons, but his minions here on this planet in, that are human beings that are submissive to his order. And we watch all these wild, you wonder why these weird things are going on. You look and you go, there's, people are just being totally deceived. Let me tell you, you're right, they are being deceived. You go, it looks like they're in a delusion. You, look, you listen to what they believe. It looks like, I agree, it looks like they're in a delusion. It appears there, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. God says, I'm going to give them strong delusion in the last days because they would not receive the love of the truth so that they, and they will believe the lie. They just want to believe the lies. And the big lie is coming. The Antichrist is Christ. He is not, but that's the big lie. They're going to believe it. So the delusion is already, it's, it, it, we're already being set up for it. And you see people just walking around the strange delusion. I look at Congress half the time and it looks to me like they're full of demons. I hear the things that they say and the, the laws that are passed, it's appalling. Uh, 
funding Planned Parenthood to, to kill and murder babies with your tax dollars, you look and go, how do, why? And you, you look at the Old Testament, God judged Israel and he judged Judah as they were sacrificing their babies to their pagan demonic gods. And you look what's going on today, angels and demons in the globalist agenda. In Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 9, the Bible tells us about the day that's coming in the middle of the tribulation. So these battles are going on. War broke out in heaven. Michael, again, here's that same Michael again. And his angels fought with the dragon. Who's the dragon? The dragon is Satan himself. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail against Michael. That's awesome. This is coming in the future, and that great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, and his angels were cast out with him. Listen, folks, that day is coming when Satan is going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, Satan's going to be cast out of heaven, and his demons, uh, or whoever it is that he's fighting up there, that's fighting up there with him, they're all going to be cast out of heaven. Certainly Satan, as we know that right now, Satan is still able to accuse the brethren before the throne of God. The day is coming, Satan's going to be completely cast out, never to be found there again. And I believe what's happening right now, we are so close. Satan knows that his time is limited. He doesn't have a lot of time left. And that is why we are seeing all of these things happen so rapidly, including the push towards a global agenda. Look, the current crises in the world from pandemics to to civil unrest are being used to shape the, the reason so people will cry out, we want, a, we want peace at any cost. Peace and safety, cry out for it. Give us peace and safety. Bring peace to the globe. Yes, we need a global system. We don't need any country running rogue or anything like that. Listen, we're in this crisis. The next crisis, I'm telling you, we're gonna come to a, they're gonna tell us a climate crisis. Since they get people to believe anything, they're gonna believe the climate crisis. They're gonna go along with it and this global agenda right now, the narrative is already there. People are believing it. It is all going that way. But Satan knows his time is very limited. His time is short. He's about ready to get kicked out of heaven. Daniel sees all of those things and we are starting to live them out on this planet. It's like the battles in heaven, but we're living out this battle here on earth. Here's a couple of things that we can know about angels and demons. Uh, good angels are assigned to people. Uh, I don't know for sure if bad angels are assigned to people. It seems like some of them uh, may be like as in demons. I don't know. But we have biblical evidence that good angels are assigned to people. I'll show you that in a second. David Hawking stated that sometimes people ask him if he believes in a guardian angel. No, I believe in guardian angels. Lots of them, he says. Some of us need a lot more than a, a lot more than one. Uh, some of us get into so much trouble that we need lots of God's angels around to help us in our many troubles and conflicts. That's kind of funny, but quite possibly true too. Of the angels, Hebrews chapter one verse fourteen says, "Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation?" And Hebrews chapters, uh, chapter 13, verse 2 says, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. 
And in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus said, do not despise one of these little ones, uh, these little children, for I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. So we can make the case in the Bible that people have angels that are assigned to them. And David Hockey may be right. Some people may have a bunch of angels that are assigned to them. So we know this, A, good angels are assigned to people, B, good and bad angels are assigned to countries. Again, the prince of Persia, the prince of Greece, these demonic beings uh, that Daniel hears about are against the nation of Israel. And you look, listen, I've said this for years, what happened, the anti-Semitism and removing the Jews from the land of Israel, it is a spiritual battle. And uh, Satan wants to eliminate the Jews. And, and, and so you look at this and you go, okay, it makes sense. And he has his demonic forces. And you wonder why some territories are so bent on eliminating the Jewish people. And you start to see, well, it makes sense when I look at the book of Daniel. But let me wrap all of this up as we conclude our time here with angels, demons, and globalists. And before we finish this up, I, I want to thank Damon Duck. If you're watching Damon Duck, thank you for these words. Uh, but this is, he just published this. Uh, just the other day. On October, let me put this together. On October 6, 2020, President Trump tweeted that he has authorized the total declassification, no redactions, of any and all documents related to the Russian collusion investigation and the Clinton email scandal. It's now clear, says Duck, from handwritten notes of some of uh, Obama administration officials that they knew what the DNC and Hillary Clinton, uh, that they financed this hoax. It is my opinion that the U.S. government should sue Hillary and the DNC to recover the cost of their deliberate scam. Concerning lawlessness, you listen to this. Concerning lawlessness, on October 9, U.S. Secretary of State Pompeo said his department has Hillary Clinton's deleted emails and he will release them perhaps before the election. Boy, we live in interesting days. Clinton said the emails had been deleted. Time will tell. But it has been reported that Attorney General Barr has enough evidence to charge former President Obama, former President, B Vice President Biden, and several other members of the Obama administration with espionage and treason against the United States. If Trump wins, this may happen. If Biden wins, it will be covered up and, and they will get away with it, says, says uh, Doc. You look at this and you go, listen, these things are really going on. But I believe... Again, we're in a spiritual battle, and, and, and people on this planet are pawns, but everything is going towards this globalist agenda. On October 11, he continued, it was reported that a CIA whistleblower has come forward with documents, audio, uh, emails, uh, audio emails and pictures that prove that Obama and Biden spent $152 billion in cash to Iran, we've heard about this before, this isn't like uh, the first time this broke, to Iran to cover up the Benghazi tragedy and the deaths of SEAL Team 6. On October 12, it was reported that Trump tweeted about this and the evidence has been turned over to someone in, in Congress. On October 13, Trump retweeted about this and another report said the information will come out. You look at this and you go, this world that we live in is 
troublesome. But we look and we realize it's a spiritual battle. Concerning, he jumps course here now. Uh, concerning famines, we start putting all the last day's events together. Concerning famine on October 8, 2020, it was reported that Feeding America, a group of more than 200 food banks, has estimated that their food banks will need three times as much food in the United States next year as they received this year. The destruction of crops, factory slowdowns for a lack of workers, and natural disasters are impacting America's food supply. In August of 2020, John MacArthur reportedly said, from a biblical standpoint, Christians cannot vote Democrat. I look at this, and you look and you think, look, how can you support aborting babies? How can you support, um, uh, not support Israel? You start looking at things, you vote Bible. And I want to encourage you, vote Bible. Uh, MacArthur added, there's no way that a Christian can affirm the slaughter of babies, homosexual activity, homosexual marriage, or any kind of gross immorality. Then Damon Duck says, my understanding of Bible prophecy and current events means that Christians that vote Democratic will also be voting for a satanic world government, an antichrist world religion, wars and rumors of wars, increased drug use, increased violence, persecution of tribulation period believers, the division and attempted destruction of Israel, population control, tracking and buy, all buying and selling, and the wrath of God to fall on the earth unlike anything that has ever happened before. It is not my intent to be political, and God is not a politician, but these are moral issues that God spoke about in the Bible. Uh, listen, I agree. These are moral issues. You know, people say, we're just getting political. I can just get Bible, uh, get moral. And you start looking at things, going, you better uh, use your discernment. He continues, make sure you have discernment, because there are some really bad Republicans out there, too, that you shouldn't be voting for. He continues, we're almost done here, concerning persecution and freedom of religion. Several religious groups in New York have filed uh, federal suits for restricting their attendance at religious gatherings. I already uh, mentioned that in the beginning where Como said, listen, you got to follow the rules of the state, not the rules of uh, religion. You look at this and you go, man, oh man. U.S. Supreme Court judges are needed that will require government officials to adhere to the Constitution. And lastly, concerning the recent peace treaty between Israel and the UAE, the UAE has officially requested permission to purchase F-35 fighter jets from the U.S. Israeli Defense Minister Benny Gantz said Israel opposes the deal, but they will look for ways to move the deal forward that will guarantee Israel's peace and security hence uh, peace and safety. To conclude, he says, America has never seen a time like this. I will say the world has never seen a time like this. And we're talking about angels and demons. There's a battle in the heavenlies. There is a globalist agenda. But I'll conclude with these words from Damon Duck because they're so encouraging. God loves you. And if you have not done so, sincerely admit that you are a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the virgin-born, sinless Son of God who died for the sins of the world, was buried and raised from the dead. Ask him to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse you, uh, to come into your life, to be your savior, and then tell someone that you have done this. I couldn't have said better. Ask Christ to forgive you. Admit you're a sinner. Repent of your sin. Surrender to Christ. Listen, all these things that we've been talking about here, Daniel wrote this 2,500 years ago. 
and you see these events unfolding exactly as the Bible said. They prove that the Bible is true. Jesus is coming again, but Jesus came the first time to forgive you of your sins. Listen, God bless you. Ask Christ to forgive you. Jesus is coming. If we're still here next week, I'll see you then. Bye for now. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.